Welcome back, and this is episode 148, the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast test season. Mid-season test season is over, at least, and we're about to jump straight back into Super Rugby. I'm Rugby Reg, and with us tonight, we've got uh, the one and only Matt Gager. How are you, Matt? Good, mate. How are you? Going very well, thanks. Ready for a bit of provincial banter back on the agenda again? <laughs> it never stopped, did it? I think we just, we just used the Wallabies as a cover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hashtag one team. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then joining us from Perth is uh, one of our regulars for the year. Uh, you may know him as Gaffacino on social media. Uh, ben, how are you going, mate? G'day, boys. Thanks for having me back. Excellent. Super, super and, uh, Rugby's back. It's great. Yeah, exactly. For the first time, I'm sure, as a Force fan, you're actually looking up, looking forward to the post-test series uh, window. Yeah, usually by now I'm looking towards next season, so it's good to be still in, still having a chance to play a bit more rugby this year. So. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Look, well, let's uh, let's focus on the now. We're going to touch uh, touch in on on the Test series that has been, and and most recently is that that third Test, the Sydney Test. Australia obviously wrapped up the series three nil. It was a uh, another winless tour for the French, who I think haven't won in Australia since 1990. I think that's what I came up with some stage somewhere. So uh, 11th consecutive home victory over the French for the Wallabies. And it was fairly comprehensive, back to more Brisbane than Melbourne, as I, I think I put in my rating somewhere. And we, we won by, what was the score? It was 30, 39 to 13 there with five tries apiece, five tries across the board for the Wallabies, uh, a couple of Deflau, Hooper, Phipps, and, and the big man, Will Skelton. So we're going to talk about all that. But Gags, first and foremost, I want to talk about the atmosphere as a great, at the game. It was a... Effectively a full house, I think, 43,000. It was a, a record for an, a, a Wallaby test at, at the Sydney Football Stadium, as I still call it. Uh, what was it like there, mate? Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So an Arvo game, 3 o'clock kickoff. It was 20 degrees and sunny. Um, and uh, it was just fantastic. The, the, the atmosphere was great. When you looked around that stadium and you saw it, you know, absolutely buzzing, and uh, you know, gold everywhere, and everyone was happy. Uh, just, just really, really good. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to go past that. I, I did hear I was talking to somebody in the know saying that Channel Ten was quietly seething, um, and that they estimate it cost them something like six hundred fifty thousand dollars. Really? Um, you know, for it to be for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can see. Well, if that's the case, you can see why they would be not quite so happy. Uh, Jeez, but, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, from a fan's perspective, it was just great. I, I, I took my son along. Um, there was a great little innovation, uh, which was got the tailgate. I think Moore Park tailgate, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just, I mean, you know, it, it was just uh, some guys, They obviously, I mean, God knows how much red tape they had to jump through to put this place. It was literally just across the road from the main entrance to um, the SFS. And uh, they just basically uh, kind of roped off and, and gated off a part of the Moor Park. And they had, you know, uh, sausage. Well, it was better than that. It was like, you know, burgers and sausages and stuff and then some beer tents and things like that. And you could, you know, you could buy whatever you want just standing around in the sunshine. They had some seats and some tables and stuff. And uh, they had some music on. They were going to have a big screen and all that that sort of stuff. And that was just great. So I, we turned up about midday. had my son bumped into a bunch of other people who uh, I know through rugby and um, some kids that my son plays rugby with. So then they went over to the Wallaby thing and did the skills and whatever else. Um, they had a fantastic time. And, um, yeah, we just kind of sat around the sun meeting people, having a beer. And that was the lead-up to the test. Um, and then we all kind of just shuffled across the road. It was the usual shambles within the ground <laughs> yeah. as far as trying to get a beer. I mean, at one stage, 10 minutes before halftime, I thought, right, I'll, I'll get off and get my round in and lined up for 10 minutes um, waiting and uh, only to be told uh, that uh, they'd run out of beer. Oh, ridiculous. Uh, before at, halftime? Yeah, in this one particular bar. Oh, yeah, so there were other so. bars still kind of going, but then it was like I was going to have to line up for another 15, so I would have lost half an hour <laughs> of, uh. of, of game time. It was just, just ridiculous. So I'm afraid I kind of welched out of that one. Um, oh, what a great initiative, though, I assume. ARU had some involvement and, and whatever, Moorpark uh, Trust or, or whatnot, but that's uh, 
It's yeah. a great little way of bringing a bit of atmosphere to test rugby. Well, that tailgate thing, I think it was just in like an entrepreneur has done it. Um, yeah, okay. And um, so, yeah, and I think he's the one who's jumped all through all the hoops and uh, managed to make it happen. Uh, but, yeah, so fantastic atmosphere and everyone loved it. And obviously with the Sydney crowd, I mean, there was pack full, full of Waratahs, the team. So um, there was a bit of extra cheering going on, a bit of... Bit of provincialism going on there, weren't yeah, you? deservedly so though too. And and the French, I, I mean, I found the Brisbane Test. The French are a, a good spectator too. I mean, it wasn't a lot of them, but there's a healthy smattering up in Brisbane. The the same down there in Sydney. Yeah, there was actually. We had a, a couple of rows in front and behind us, um, and they were, yeah, they were, they were great. I mean, they're obviously a little bit subdued. Yeah, um, watching your team get pants. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, looking back at the series, and I must say, you know, and then being able to wander up into Paddo afterwards was just fantastic. So it was, mm. it was a great night all round. But um, I've got to say, it was a funny old series. I mean, how it went from seven tries to six points to five tries, uh, you know, in you know, it's quite, it's quite bizarre, really, isn't it? Really, it's bizarre, and that's you know, I guess it's always easy to fall back on the old cliche that that's that French team. You don't know who's going to turn up. Week to week, but uh, I, I'm intrigued as to whether you and wanted to try something different in that second test series, uh, second test match. Um, they did have a concerted effort to play more position, uh, but then again, you know, there's a bit of that this test as well. Maybe things just connected better. Maybe it was hard to bounce back after the easy test, um, and they refocused for the third test. But uh, mm. we'll delve a bit into it, Gaffer yourself, mate. What was your reading of the test match itself? Uh, uh, how the Wallabies played and, and uh, bounced back from that Melbourne test. Yeah, I thought it was a it was pretty very good performance. Really, the the um, they they played some probably some of the best rugby we've seen for them in the last few years after the Robbie Dean's era. Sort of uh, was more of a trying not to lose lose rugby and and after how they they performed last weekend in that sort of six nil die game, it was, it was a complete turnaround. And, and for some of the some of the match, they just they played beautiful. Uh, they had what was it tries coming from everywhere and 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 I thought also their defense was fantastic they only let I think they only missed three three tackles the entire game um so it wasn't just was that right? I didn't see that stat that's amazing yeah so I think they made about 56 tackles they didn't didn't have to make, make many tackles no. but what they did they 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 only missed three of them so it was it wasn't just yeah all razzle dazzle they were in there and making making the tackle stick I guess and and that's the pleasing thing that they're they're doing they're doing both aspects the attack and the defence so uh, and and come World Cup time obviously we all know that World Cup being able to win a World Cup is is, is built on defence first and foremost so I think it bodes well f- um, going going forward uh, seven in a row for the first time since 2000 so again it's it's great so yeah I couldn't be happier yeah, as, as a Wallaby supporter it's an interesting point you make about the defence I know Dave uh, psychopath from last week made the point during the test match um, that French hadn't threatened the Australian line, hadn't scored a try in the while the match was still alive, so to speak. Obviously, a couple of late tries in Brisbane, and then that late try in uh, Sydney, and that, that perhaps goes some way towards the French attack. But uh, particularly in Melbourne, it, it does it bode well for our defensive structures, um, and was definitely a highlight of of this match again. Look, Gaff, I'm going to ask you the question. Um, I'll, I'll let Matt retort afterwards, but. Big Will Skelton was the talking point, obviously, uh, debutante. Uh, you know, well, it's out of nowhere somewhat. He's hard to miss. Big lad, obviously, but bloody impressive debut. What was your reading of his game? Yeah, I was sitting there before the match with my uh, my partner. and She doesn't watch a whole lot of rugby being from Perth, but she uh, she saw him in the warm-up and just commented, who's that big bugger? And <laughs> and I just said to her, look, just, just sit and wait, and, and it'll be interesting to watch. And, and uh, seven minutes in... Uh, he didn't disappoint. But I had to go for a try. Took took two Frenchmen with him, and and went from there. And it wasn't just wasn't just the, uh, the 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 brute power. He also showed his his finesse, setting up uh, uh, Falau for that little that little inside ball for the try under the post. So yeah, I thought he had a had a great game. And and uh, and again, it's just the depth is getting bigger. Link brought in the, the the five locks at the beginning of the season, three three debutants, and he's he's blooded all three. And we've I think we've got some really good guys coming through. Carter obviously missing out, but but yeah, Skilton was very impressive for his first game. Um, people still questioning his lineout ability. He's, he took two lineouts at the front, which didn't even have to jump. So <laughs> you, if you can get get a few more of them, and, and that if they're focusing so much on Rob Simmons, and you've still always got that option at the front, which is good. Um, so yeah. I think he did great, and I think he uh, he'll be 
coming up against the All Blacks, obviously. Uh, the next couple of weeks will be interesting to see how he goes, probably against a, a little bit higher quality opposition. Yeah, now, Gags, obviously, uh, I think you mentioned it before, there's a strong Waratah flavour to this, and, and indeed all the point scorers were Waratahs. What was your reading of, of their performance? And, and, you know, give us your take on, on Skelton as well. Yeah, well, as they say in French, uh, vive l'eclipse. Um, uh, yeah, no, he was great. He was great to see um, in in full flow, and great to see what an impact. You know, at twenty two, you know, twenty two years old debut to do that. Um, and I think, well, I mean, the, the first try was, you know, it was great. Used his size. I think it was the second one that impressed me the most. Absolutely. Um, that sort of little footballing ability with a little jinky sidestep. Um, to bring the outside man in that you just don't expect out of somebody that sort of size and then the little deft offload. But, I mean, what a combination when you've got Will Skelton and Israel Folau coming at you. Um, and, you know, you're, you're one of maybe three or four defenders. What do you do? Um, so, you know, you know, you know, you know at least two, maybe three of you are going to have to latch onto Skelton if you've got any chance of stopping him, which leaves kind of one man there kind of marking Izzy Folau. And if you all haven't done that, um, if you've all done that, then that's leaving big gaps elsewhere. So, and I think that's what we saw in that little one too. You know, it was like, well, you couldn't hang off Skelton and then, you know, that left a little space for Izzy. So, um, yeah, that was an amazing combo, really. Um, yeah, and I, I think you could almost see the decision-making process in the French uh, defender there who who was effectively marking up on Izzy but saw it was big will and, you know, almost remembering back to the try and realising it had to come in. And we're seeing glimpses of Skelton's ball skills this year for the Waratahs, but he proved it there. And you're bang on, Matt, the the, the, the step across to draw the defence. Mate, that's textbook stuff. That's, you know, I watched it again, I think it was today, watching the highlights, his highlights that we've got up off on the blog. Hmm. And that's the type of stuff you show a young kid. This is how you play, a, you know, uh, and overlap. This is how you draw your man and, and set up your man, because that was, that was a beautiful piece of ball work. Yeah, no, he was just showing some great uh, footballing uh, skill there. I mean, I guess the bit everyone who's had a, has had a who uh, wanted to have a go at him has said, well, you know, he looked absolutely stuffed. I mean, when he went off at 55 minutes, he was gone. Um, I think he could barely raise his hand in the air to, say, yeah. to, to acknowledge the crowd. He was that stuffed. But I don't know what we can expect out of somebody that big. I mean, mm. you know, what kind of a motor would you have to have to push that frame around? Um, and the sort of power that you've got to get that, you know, you've got to get through. I, I just don't know how much you could eat to kind of keep yourself going. Um, yeah. So I don't. He's, he's never going to be an eighty-minute player. Um, I, I will. I'd be very surprised if he does. And I don't. I'm not even sure how much bulk he can cut down, or that you'd want him to, because then you'd start to lose that yeah. kind of battering ram ability. So I just think you kind of think of a game plan around it. Maybe we can get him up to like a sixty-minute player uh, when he gets a bit older. Um, but I don't know. You wouldn't want to lose the kind of impact he's having. And um, there was some really good discussions, actually, I saw in comments on the blog, sort of saying, well, you know, some people say, oh, he needs to come off as an impact player. Come on. And other people are saying, well, I don't know. I think he looks like a pretty good guy to wear the, the you know, the A team down mm. um, and make big dents, you know, in, in when they've got their A team on the field. So, uh, you know, anyway, I think he, he he's a bit of a, it's a hackney phrase, but he's a bit of a game changer there. Um, so it'll be interesting interesting to see how that goes forward. Um, as for the other Waratahs, um, yeah, I mean, it's a few guys uh, who've, you know, well, I think Hooper powered yep. on. You know, another young guy captaining, for, God, for God's sake. Um, that doesn't seem to be weighing on his shoulders at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's gone on and, and done what he's done. There's a bit of discussion around, you know, his role that he plays, it's not so much the out-and-out -out fetcher that we're probably used to. So is that good? Is that bad? Um, we've got one loony called RJ on the, <laughs> on the front page who's uh, in every single story in about every third post saying it's a pity we've got another winger as a as a number seven. I shouldn't be giving him... Um, I probably shouldn't yeah. be giving him airspace, to be honest. But exactly um, right. I think everyone's kind of like, you know, just got sick of his looniness. But, um, yeah, I thought Hooper had another um, great game. Probably some little question marks over Foley. Maybe um, you know, I don't think he had his best game. I don't think I didn't think it was as bad as some people have made out. I think he the thing with Foley is that he did some things very well. He did, mm. you know, he did that nice bit of interplay with Kurtley, but he did take the book line on and he threw some nice passes. Um, but he just had some out and out shockers and those sort of things you can't hide or fly half. And and I guess you know, 
leading into our next test match versus the All Blacks. It's the last thing we needed to see. Mm. Um, but come on, mate. What about Big Cliffy? Yeah, standout no. performance, and, and and probably between him and Tatafu, I think it was both of theirs best test match for the Wallabies. That might be a hard point to say with Cliffy. It's not as if he's he's um, played poorly, but he was phenomenal. It was the best game I've seen for a long time by him, but Tatafu is probably his best test match, I thought. Which reminds me, I've got Cliffy's highlights up my sleeve. Oh, right. I should, I should get them up on the uh, on the video because, yeah, no, he, he had a belter. Just every time he got hold of the ball, he was making yards um, and doing really, really well. Look, I mean, you could go through, I think there's a bunch of people, and, you know, the front row had a better yeah, number as yeah. well. Slipper played really well again, which is great to see. Yeah. Uh, Kepu keeps coming on. Um, I think... Uh, Simmons. Yeah, no, he was looking, he's looking, he's looking like he's maturing a little bit there, maybe, yeah. um, which is which is good to see. Um, he likes calling the line out to himself, yeah. as, as you put to him in our podcast a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, you know, and all, all that sort of stuff. So I think maybe Tamua, a few little question marks yeah. um, about how that went, but I, you know, that's probably still teething, I would guess, him playing um, at, at inside centre. Um, Otherwise, everyone else kind of slotted in. I think, though, that here's the big thing. It's really hard to measure that performance over those three games because of the French. I mean, they, to be honest, they were were just shagged, I think. Mm. I mean, you know, I I, I think I read today that that guys have played like 40 games in 50 weeks. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And they they start pre-season training in August, I saw, yesterday for the French comp. So I was wondering what James O'Connor was signing up for, but... They start training in, you know, in a month's time, six weeks' time. It's outrageous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, so it's 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 a, it's hard. To, I mean, I don't know what you think, Reg. I mean, what, what can we what can we take out of that going into these? Because I mean, geez, you know, you watch both the All Blacks and the Saffirs, and they haven't looked too bad. Yeah, they haven't, mate. But look, I, I think the positives you take out of it is that the combination is still there. We, we've continued on from the good showing in uh, the UK last year. And from a rugby fan, from a rugby um, a supporter base, we needed to we needed to see that. I think Australians needed to see that at their home ground to you know start weaning back the hearts and minds of the of the supporters. The combo was really important and we'll talk about that and and, um, and you know I still have concerns over 9, 10, 12 uh, and, and how that how that works and I don't think there's better options at the moment, um, and it, it, it just concerns me that whether they can do that versus the All Blacks. But uh, I think, in terms of getting those uh, those runs under the under the under the belt, and as Gaffer said, the likes of Skelton Jones, um, Laurie Weeks, uh, Nathan Charles, uh, Carter, getting all these guys uh, onto the field uh, will prove us uh, very advantageous to us um, moving forward. Gaffer, yourself, what about your thoughts on this test match, The how it shapes up for our, our next endeavours? Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, like, talking about Will Skelton and being a, a 50 to 60 minute player, I thought that that's what the bench is for. And I thought the, the bench on the weekend was fantastic. We saw the likes of CEO come on, uh, McCalman, uh, Beal, Phipps, they all came on and they all did something and they all made an impact and I thought that was great to see and it shows that the depth that we really do have going forward that those players on the bench are still capable to come on and, and have a meaningful uh, contribution to the to the game. Like in the past we've seen players come on who, who are sort of just lucky to be on the bench and because we didn't really have that, that depth to have more than like the starters that we, that we, we were able to field. So that, I thought that was great. Um, moving forward, absolutely. We've we've, started, we've I think we've had five debutants this year, or the, in these three games. Um, obviously, losing um, Stephen Moore obviously tests our depth. Uh, uh, sort of now has sort of stepped up straight into that role, and, and that's great. And we've had Charles coming through, and Hanson again making his way to the Test arena. Uh, and then the locks that was a really big uh, issue at the beginning of the uh, the Test series with with really only had uh, Simmons and, and Hallwell who. who wasn't probably in the best of forms, and and now we've got Skelton, Carter, uh, and um, and uh, and Jones all pushing to to make to get that that into that starting team. So I think it's great moving forward for for Australia and and uh, having a tilt at the Rugby Championship, the Bledisloe Cup later this year. Yeah. So what what's your thoughts on that gap? Where do we maintain this team? Can you foresee any changes to come into this team for that Rugby Championship? Not, not really. No, I think the the fifteen that we've got there at the moment, they I think they probably cemented their spot. Uh, as you mentioned, probably the only 
The only questions are that 9, 10, 12, but as again, but there's no one really that, that is putting their hand up. Um, Foley, uh, yeah, I thought he was a bit hot and cold, but but, but he wasn't bad and, and, and it wasn't any different to what we sort of see from Cooper for over the years. Um, White, he, he, he's a different type of player to Genia uh, and Phipps, I thought Phipps was good off the bench and, and he provides that, that go forward, so I don't see him getting in front of White. Um, so, you know, I don't see any, foresee any changes. You've got probably the only thing you've got looking at uh, is, is Spate, who will be eligible in, uh, in September. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes into the team, already being around for the, this series, but in the yeah. training squad. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he comes in, whether he takes Cummins' spot or if Ashley Cooper drops the bench or he goes back into 13. Uh, and, and Kuranjani, who was, again, was, was good, but he wasn't a standout. Um, but no, it just shows that there, there is depth there now and, and, and Link is wanting, wanting that, that competitive edge from everyone and, and wanting everyone to, to earn earn their right to play in the jersey and, and there's no more free rides I think and, and, that, and that's a great thing Gags what are your thoughts is this the, the 15 effectively to, to win us back the Bledisloe Rugby Championship or at least is this who we start with in the Rugby Championship well yeah they're two different questions yeah they are <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with the second one yeah. yes this is pretty much the 15 to start with um, I don't think we've got a lot of, lot of question about that if, if you had a Genia you know, pushing and a fit Cooper, you might, you know, be in two minds, which I'm not necessarily sure it would be a great thing. Um, mm. So, because um, I, I thought actually, you know, last week's podcast with Joe Roth, he made a f- fascinating point, which was the one around, you know, getting some stability in a team. Yeah. And uh, how if you always think that, you know, your, your, your spot's under threat a la Robbie Deans and, you know, that it's going to be the theoretically best seven players who are going to be in the back line. Um, each week and so you've got to kind of play for your own spot then you don't think about the team um, and so and I think there's you know there's going to need to be a bit of that actually adjustments for example with Tamura at 12 and things like that and this gives them the chance to do that so anyway I, so I think that's great that that team gets to go forward um, and do what they're going to do and uh, I think as Gaff said there's going to be a bit of tinking around on the reserves and there's a few spots you know probably around prop and second row we still probably need to fiddle with uh, but you know this is the I guess this is the, this is the time we need to do it is it going to be winning the, the, the you know the rugby championship? Oh, it's hard to see, you know. It's um, I couldn't help but think when I was weighing it up tonight when I was vacuuming. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but think that oh, I can see us coming, you know, like in that second test uh, when the pressure comes on. What are we going to look like? I don't think we're going to look like we did in the first and third tests. Yeah. Uh, I think we're probably going to see more of the second test, and that's when those combinations and those young guys with very few caps in the back line still, um, outside of Ashley Cooper, um, are going to struggle. Uh, so, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I, I put, I've, I say that, but I'll, then I'll say this, which is though I feel a lot more positive than I have for quite a few years. I can at least see what the team's trying to do, and I at least have an idea of what each role of these guys can play. Um, you know, it's not like we're taking James O'Connor at at ten into a line series, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, I feel better than that, but I still kind of think, you know, like anyone would, I mean, that all-black team is pretty crazy at the moment. Yeah, and I guess the other area for positive thinking is the coach, is Ewan and what he brings to the team. And there is clarity now on what this on what the Wallabies uh, are trying to achieve per game. You can see that there's, there's purpose and intent there, and you're right in the selections and uh, reiterating Rafi's comments last week's, but... You know that Ewan is is all is, is focused on on New Zealand and South Africa. And he'll have game plans up his sleeve this very moment that he's working on uh, towards uh, towards those tests. Which which is why I asked the question about Melbourne, and I was curious as to what his game plan is because I wouldn't be surprised if there's an aspect of that he was just trying some things out uh, that would he would he would have him play later in that series, whether it be versus South Africa or New Zealand. But um, another thing I want to touch on this this series, and it's, I don't know if we're coming blase about it. We're not. We're still raving. But just, it does still, how good is Israel Folau? I mean, he just continues to produce it. In world rugby at the moment, in fact, we're going through a, 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 a glut of quality fullbacks where you've got Ben Smith in the All Blacks, uh, Mike Brown at, uh, with England, You've obviously got Izzy there, and then South Africa's fullback uh, is uh, is tearing them up as well. But uh, let's focus on Izzy. 
He's unbelievable. I mean, it's his consistency in um, in breaking or beating the first line of defence is is superb. And the lines he runs, he's just he's just he's just a freak athlete, isn't he? Yeah. And I I thought that first try he scored, uh, where is it? Tamua does a skip pass. Yeah. Uh, to him, but I mean, I was uh, kind of sat behind that 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 move at the ground. And you're looking at it and just going, oh, well, unfortunately, you know, there's nothing on here. It's just a kind of a short side move. Um, they'll get close to the line. We'll see what happens in the next phase. And then all of a sudden he's through. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, oh, you know, and that's what we're, like you say, we're getting a bit blasé about it, right? Um, which is that if, you know, unless that, that defender is right on him as he gets the ball, um, and that's what defences are now having to do. They're having to really rush up and really try and be in his face as he's taking the ball. You know, any space whatsoever, and he's got you. He's got mm. at least the first guy. Um, he is just... And then, like you say, he's just got this um, beautiful ability just to sniff out, you know, where there's going to be a half gap. Mm. And, um, you know... And, and the way he talks about it as well, when you read what he says, he says, oh, you know, you know, Big Well's always going to attract a few guys. And I, I said to him, there could be something <laughs> on there. And all of a sudden, bang, he's made an international back line look stupid, you know? It's just... Um, yeah, like you say, you just kind of get used to it, but it is pretty phenomenal. Oh, it is. It's great to watch. And, you know, we do need those, let's call them freak athletes from a uh, from a marketing perspective. And Izzy's one and Skelton's one. And, and look, I, I, Hoop is burdening on one. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's very, he's actually he's playing the French because he's very Jean-Pierre Reeves in his style. He's uh, aggressive and in your face and he's got the flying mane and, uh, crazy eyes, but um, you know, it, there's a lot to love about the Australian rugby team at the moment without getting ahead of ourselves, but let's enjoy the moment. Mm. Uh, that was a 3 nil test series over the French. Yeah, um, with, with how many tries? I mean, you know, we were averaging what, you know, under t- well, just on... How many tries a match was it with Deans? I'm, I'm, I'm managing to scrub it from my head now. Yeah, no, one no, a no, game. We, took, we were getting one a game. Was it one a game that we managed to average? And, and here we go. So, you know, another test series where we've Averaged four per game, right? Yeah, yeah and then exactly. and now was that seven wins in a row? So, you know, I remember this time last year we were thinking about Link. Going, oh my God, he's just been smashed, wasn't he? Traveling and like all the all the media um, who'd like to have a little gloat, um, you know, whiskey Cully, you know who you are. All, all the clo- all the closet Kiwis who are in there, you know, sticking the knife in, sort of saying, "Oh, you've got rid of Deans, but really it was the players." And you, you know, which is always code for you Australians just aren't as good as us Kiwis. Yeah. Um, and um, so you know, with all of that, and then now all of a sudden, look, you know, seven wins in a row, only one win away from a Grand Slam, um, and you know, only a Clancy from a, a Grand Slam. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's looking a bit different. I haven't even looked at our win-loss ratio now, but it, it must have looked pretty drastically different from what it was looking like, you know, at the end of the last rugby championship. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, he, you know, Link came into it hardy after the Lions series and, you know, had a, a big loss to the All Blacks in his first experience, still, you know, put on 30 points to him, which is probably more than we put on to him for a while, mm. then backed up another loss in, in Wellington, and then he had a third loss against South Africa, and then we eat to win versus Argentina, uh, and then another loss over there in Cape Town. But from there on, it started to turn around. We obviously smashed Argentina over there uh, in Rosario. But we lost to New Zealand again in Dunedin, but it was it was a closer one. It was that high-scoring, 140-odd to 30-odd. And then from there on, we went over to the to the UK, lost a tight one to England, which was controversial. But um, we haven't looked back since. So it's, it, it's going to be a massive challenge, and I've got no doubt that Link will be up for it from a coaching perspective and uh, we'll be keen to get his players sort of amped for it. And by the look of it, guys, and, you know, somewhat of a segue, we'll have uh, a lot of players playing uh, to the death of Super Rugby uh, finals footy, so um, which can only bode well for us. Well, I mean, so just talking about that, I mean, tale of two cities there. So I think as a Waratah supporter, I'm coming out going fantastic. You know, it couldn't have been better. You've got, you know, all of our main stars performing mm. at international level the week yeah. before and from a Brumby's point of view that you just got to be holding your head in your hands um having lost Carter and Squeak and I think people are saying I think Tamua might it was it, yeah Tamua's out is he out as well I mean geez that's yeah. just an absolute shock and to um, make things worse they took and I don't you know we'll talk about Steve Moore and they'd already lost uh Sylvia Sylvia the backup hooker mm. early in the season and then they played this uh world tens club tens 
just this weekend past and took their next hooker, Josh Man Ray, who's injured himself. Oh so they've, they've called up uh, the journeyman, Luke Holmes, who will be likely starting at hooker this weekend. So it's a, oh. it's a staggering run of injuries for them. Yeah, he's been playing over the Rats, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, they've had an absolute shocker. And you've got to almost say you don't see... I mean, they were already kind of tailing off this season and you've got to wonder yeah. how they can possibly kind of make it now, and, which, of course, leaves the door open for somebody, Gaff. Who would that be? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think... Uh... <laughs> Maybe another right. team in blue, maybe other than the Waratahs for a change. But yeah, absolutely. Well, let, now that... Let's let's look ahead at Super Rugby, and if you forgive me, guys, just give me a, a couple of minutes, and we'll, we'll do it chronologically, and we'll have a look at the Rebels and the Reds. We'll get this game out of the way, and then get back into the the, the two teams or the three teams that are still an actual factor in Super Rugby, because Super Rugby kicks back off this this Friday night. Um, the South Africans got another week off. I think they might be playing Scotland this weekend, but it's, uh, it's just a, the Kiwis and the Aussies, and it's a lo- lot of local derbies except for that force game. But uh, Highlanders are cheaper on Friday night, but then it's the Rebels versus the Reds down there in Melbourne, and as a lot of people are calling it, it's almost Reds A versus Reds B, given the number of Rebels, uh, Reds guys that are moving to the Rebels next year. <laughs> We're just trying to work out which is the A's and which is the B's at this stage. <laughs> yeah. So this is this game doesn't mean anything, really. It's bragging rights. I guess the Reds will be hurt because they lost to the Rebels for the first time ever earlier this season um, and, and obviously uh, have struggling to put some form on the board. The Rebels have had a very up-and-down season. Uh, in their own right, after having started with all that promise early on. Um, but they're both uh, down the bottom of the ladder, and, and this is effectively uh, a uh, a battle of the wooden spoon, if you like, from uh, at least the Australian conference perspective. Uh, no teams released it yes, that yet, but I know there's uh, players returning from injury for the Rebels. I think they've got their full uh, full content of scrum halves back, so Burgess, Sturzacker, uh, and the like, which is good for them. How did, um, how did Luke Burgess get back? Because I, I yeah. thought it was a broken knee. I, that's, yeah. that's what I'd read. Yeah, yeah bizarre, isn't it? Because he mm. was all of a sudden back in the Wallaby squad. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, it's good to see him back. Yeah. And the Reds, who... Uh, their, their forward pack will remain pretty constant. I think, you know, there's no Ed Quirk there. He's out injured. Um, and Liam Gill... Uh, See, I think he must have gone off with the sevens team now. Sean yeah. McMahon and Liam Gill are off the sevens team already. So Gilly won't be there, but Bo Robinson will be around. Um, so the pack's looking good. Uh, obviously, the back line we're unsure about uh, with uh, no Cooper or Genia or Ant Fainga or Aiden Tua uh, and a few others. So you're likely to see uh, Lucas and, and uh, Frisbee in the halves and any number of opportunities in the back. So, look. Who's to say what the Reds... It's really hard to see what the mindset of these two teams will be on Friday night. Um, how gun-ho they will, whether they see it as a chance to, to play a bit of loose footy or, or it's just about uh, that 80 minutes in front of them and just getting over the line. It, it becomes a bit of an act of attrition. Uh, Gaff, have you got any perspective? What do you reckon this uh, game will develop into? Yeah, you said it, it doesn't mean a whole lot, this game, but I think for the Reds it, mean, it means means a lot really they have had a very disappointing season after at the beginning of the year being tipped to make finals and, and trying to push for that uh, that, that a second championship and, and they haven't really reached any any big heights and, 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 and then losing a lot of players as you said to, to the Rebels and, and, and France I think it means a whole lot to them and their supporters and I think they'll be wanting to make a, a good show in these final last, last three rounds um, leading into next season um, to show that they still can be a team to to be reckoned with um, going forward. So I think, yeah, I think uh, is it Turner? He's he's looked like he might be back as well after. Yeah, he's likely to be weeks. fullback apparently. So yeah. Yeah. So he had a bit of an impact at the beginning of the year. So hopefully that rest after his injury is done in well, and and he'll be able, he'll be good for uh, for them. Um, and then for the Rebels, I think again they haven't been bad this year. They've they've been playing playing really well, but they just sort of haven't been getting the results. Um, so again, they, they've had the last three weeks or four weeks off to sort of focus on this match, and and I think they'll be really targeting it, trying to get another Australian scalp um, going forward. So as it stands now, the Rebels are two points behind the Reds. So uh, whoever loses this game will pretty much be certainty of that conference wooden spoon. Uh, Gags, have you got any excitement about this match? Will you even be endeavouring to watch it? 
Uh, that might be one that slips off the uh, yeah slips <laughs> off the viewing schedule. It's been so good just having to watch one game. Yeah, it has, hasn't uh, it? And know and know that everyone else will be able to talk about it uh, yeah. from from a podcast point of view. <laughs> um, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, then one thing I would say is that I hear Freddie Michelak is sniffing around. <laughs> so <laughs> the latest. <laughs> the other one is Sebastian Chabal, apparently. Oh, is he? <laughs> that, that Tongan Thor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, um, there you go. So, yeah, a bit of the battle of the wooden spoon there. i got to say, I think, um, you know, if the Force have got more of their team together, watch out the Reds, because, you know, just missing a few key players. So, um, yeah. And where is it? Where is it? Is it uh... Red Rebels is down in Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay. Well, interesting one. Mm. It will indeed. All right, look, uh, I will tip the Reds for the sake of tipping my team, obviously. Matt, give us a quick one. I'll go on Rebels. Gaffer? Rebels. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right, next game. That's oh, The Hurricanes are playing the Crusaders on uh, Saturday Arvo, which will be uh, a pretty great match. Crusaders currently sitting third and Hurricanes sixth. But uh, the big one for us is this Waratahs-Brumbies game. Uh, at uh, Sydney, at uh, at an ANZ Stadium. Mm. Interesting. Um, so Waratahs obviously sitting second on the ladder at the moment on 43 points behind the Sharks in 45. And the Brumbies are just a couple of spaces behind in fourth spot on 40 points. Now, the Waratahs have released their team today. Jeez, it's good. This this is a championship-looking team, at least the, the 1 to 15. And, the, you know, the, the bench ain't too bad when you've got Skelton and, and Hoyles and, and the like on there. So... This is, and as you say, the, the injuries in this Brumbies team, this is the Waratah's time to shine, Matt. Yeah, it is, and it's a really important match. So, you know, because coming in at, uh, you know, one of the top two in this, in this this on this super rugby table is so important uh, because, you know, fine, getting a, uh, being top of the log, um, you know, might get you through, but you know, you, you, you want to get that, if you do get through, you want to try and get that, that home game at the end. So, you know, somehow leapfrogging the Sharks, if, if, if the Waratahs yeah. are really serious about winning this, you don't want to be playing in Durban, right? So, no. um, you know, this is, these, these are crucial matches. And, and looking at that Brumbies team, really, they should have them, um, you know, away from home. So, uh, and I, you know, at the moment, looking at the way the Waratahs were playing as a team and looking how they were playing in the Wallabies, you'd hope that they'd go ahead and do that. Um, I think mm. it's uphill for the Brumbies. They're gutsy though, and they can play. They can play dirty, not dirty as in you know foul, yeah. but, but yeah. they can they can play ugly. They know how to play oh, territory and 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 just and, and muck up the breakdown and whatnot. So and I'm sure Lord Laurie would be have, have would have been doing his planning. Um, but I'd really hope the Waratahs can can kind of uh, pull this pull this one out. Um, can actually you might know off the top of your head. Do you know the the, the run home for the Tars after this one? Yeah, mate. The so, Red, Reds is the final game, right? Yeah, that's right. And next week they host the Highlanders that's it. On, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so really, geez, you've got to be looking at this and going, we can do this, boys. You know, they're, 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 they're two teams you can beat. Um, so, geez. Anyway, it's all open. It's it's all up for grabs. But oh, as a Waratah supporter, we've been burnt so many times. Before. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and, and and look, what a coaching challenge for uh, Larkin and Fisher. Mm. And uh, this will be a real uh, opportunity for showcase. Gaffer, what's your reading on this one, mate? Yeah, the big thing for the Brumbies as well is that they've only got two games left. So they've got this one, then they've got a bye, and then against the Force at home in the final round. Yeah, so, right. They're 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 a game behind a game in front of everyone and they're sitting fourth on the ladder there so it's a big match I don't think they can afford to to drop it um, for the rest of their season otherwise I think they might find themselves outside that that top six um, come the end of the year or, or or a massive game riding in that final game against the force and, and either team could win and, and get into that final so it's massive for them and, and obviously those uh, those injuries injuries after the after the, the test series are going to play a major role in that, and, and I don't see a way for them to be getting up over the Tars, who are just looking like a monster team at the moment and, and looking the goods. And and after the way their players performed um, for the Wallabies, if they can convert that back to the Tars, then it's a scary prospect for the rest of the competition, I think. Mm. I just think there's so many elements of that Waratah team that would have benefited from that test experience. And I, I made a couple of snide comments about the Waratahs would have enjoyed three weeks with a proper coach. Uh, under McKenzie, but there's no doubt that the likes of 
Adam Ashley Cooper will love coming back and being able to play 13 now after being on the wing. Uh, the, uh, the same as Phipps and Foley will feel, be feeling a whole lot better about themselves having been, you know, had that Wallaby experience, albeit Phipps from the bench, but Foley is now, the, you know, the confirmed starting Wallaby fly half. Um, and, and, and even Kepu and Pilata now and, and Hooper's now the Wallaby captain and, and Parley. It's a great, and, and obviously Skelton from the bench, what a, what a moment for these guys who effectively have a five-week season, you know, this is now a five-week season for them, three games and then the finals, so it's uh, it's an exciting time. It's amazing, you're right though, Reg, you know, it's like uh, for a lot of those guys, they've kind of hatched in the last three weeks, because yeah. you know, you looked at, I mean, this is the same team we were looking at all season and going, oh, they could do it, they couldn't do it, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's, oh no, same, same people and all of a sudden they're a monster team, so um, yeah, let's hope it does transition like that um, because to be honest, I mean, uh, you know, the, well, the Reds are well out of it, as are the Rebels. I think the Brumbies, with that sort of injury list, you, you really, I mean, I, and then, you know, and with that bye, it's hard mm. to imagine they're going to end up with a good placing uh, by the end. Um, it's down to really the Force and the Tars. Um, so we'll see. I mean, well, the Force have been playing their guts out and playing great rugby. It's just... It's the attacking quotient, you know, whether yeah. they, whether they've got that to put the points on somebody like a Chiefs, you know, yeah. or, some, or somebody like that. But I mean, Gaffer will answer me in a second, I'm sure. But that just says to me that you know the the Tars and also sitting second on the whole thing, it's a real chance for Australian rugby to um, to maybe take this thing out, which would be fantastic. Yeah, I just want to touch on one more name that's on the Waratah and he's on the bench. Is this this mid-season league recruit and of this guy's name's Harden. To pronounce in the French team, it's this Nea Verraro, um, who's this outside back, uh, who's I think is playing with uh, the Parramatta Two Blues. Oh, yeah. But he's had a couple of games, of, yeah, a couple of games of league uh, of club rugby under his belt. Now I think he's bracketed with Cam Crawford, but from what I hear, Crawford won't make it. So this guy will be on the bench. But imagine the the, the last quarter, or probably a bit longer, at some stage when you got running on Skelton and this guy. Uh, to take on that Brumby, tiring Brumby outfit, whose depth is pushed at the best of times. Their, their bench is a, a bit of a challenge, so that could cause some real havoc for the Waratahs. So I think the general feeling there, it's a, a clean sweep. We're all going for the Waratahs, uh, which leads us to the last match of the round, and, and it's over to you, Gaff, and it's the Force versus the Blues. Mate, give us a bit of what's the story over there, how's the team shaping up, and, and what's the feel? Yeah, it's a little bit different to the to down in Brumbyland. The message this week is that reinforcements are coming. We've got <laughs> you've got half a dozen players who are due back from injury this weekend or next weekend, so we're getting pretty thin at the end of the season. So the breaks wouldn't have come at a better time for us. Um, so yeah, it looks like uh, Junior Rosalia will be back, uh, Marcel Braki, Hugh McMenamin. Uh, really. Yep, Hugh McMenamin. Uh, Morahan is due back next weekend, apparently. Uh, Albie Mathewson, he played his first game about two yeah. weeks ago in an inter-club match, so he'll be back. Um, unfortunately, looks like uh, Kyle Godwin won't be back this year, though, after right. doing his knee. It uh, looks like it's a bit worse than first thought, and, and they're sort of just resting him and, and holding him back. I don't think they want to damage it too much, so he's, he said that he'll be back probably in the NRC. Um, but, yeah, reinforcements are coming. We don't really know the makeup of the team this as yet, um, but up against the Blues... Um, who a lot of the team are probably coming back from uh, the Singapore tents, um, and, and interesting that the, the Blues haven't uh, haven't won away from New Zealand this year at all, uh, yes. and have only won one match in the last two years away from New Zealand. So it bodes well for the Force. Um, three matches, really needing to get at least two wins and a bonus point out of them to to make a push for the final. So I'm excited um, this weekend, club and country. Club and country, so the players will be wearing their their local Perth club socks. Um, well, they during the game. During the game, yep. Oh, so brilliant! Another, another initiative by Rugby WA to, so, to sort of support the local local comp here in Perth, and there'll be a parade beforehand for any sort of club or or team or anything that's involved with the rugby to sort of get out and, and show their stuff. So yeah, it's great, and it's just all happening over here in Perth, and, and the force field will be massive this weekend. I'm expecting probably eighteen, nineteen thousand people. It might be a little bit down. There's a AFL match on some derby or something's going on. I don't know, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's massive and, and, and the buzz over here is, is huge considering oh, how great, we, we considering how we usually are this time of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is interesting. I mean, and this is a key match for you. Like I said, I think you're sitting seventh at the moment, one point out uh, with the Hurricanes, a point above you, and the Highlanders, two points above you now. Obviously, the Highlanders 
are taking on uh, the Chiefs at home and the Hurricanes are hosting the Crusaders. So there's every chance you could, uh, with a good win, mate, you could even leap from the Brumbies here. Um, but uh, yeah. look, that's a, that's yeah. a, a very yeah. real yeah. chance. Yeah, and, and, it, and it gets, and, and then the next week facing the Reds and, and then the Brumbies. So that they've got the destinies in their own hands, which is what they've been saying, and and they're just gonna, they're just gonna enjoy the enjoy it and, and and do their best and and see how they go and and I win, lose or draw. I think the, the fans are extremely happy with how they perform this year. So, but I think they'll be disappointed if they don't make it. So that that that's that's their their aim and, and they're they're pushing it. And not unlike the uh, the Waratahs, you'll get a boost from the likes of Pet Cowan and Nathan Charles coming back from Wallaby Camp, um, and a few of those Australian under twenties who performed very well uh, on the on the world stage over there as well. Yeah, uh, Luke Burton, he he yep. he might take back his uh, his twelve jersey that he sort of had in the last few matches before he went away, um, and then yeah, the likes of Charles and and Cowan, and they didn't get a lot of game time, but they will benefit from being. Being in that environment for for those last few weeks, um, Hodgson rested up the the man, yeah. the honey um, badger, the honey badger. Yeah, the honey badger got a bit of a stinger on the weekend. Um, yes. <laughs> made one made one of the all time greatest tackles, uh, the, the reverse badger. I'm calling it and uh, the reverse malachi. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but, uh, but yeah, no. It, the reach around. It, it, <laughs> and then and McCowman as well, who was great off the bench on the weekend, yep. and then uh, add in. Uh, yeah, Hugh McMenamin, if he can sort of bang a few heads and and, and stay un, uh, out, not injured for the, for the last few games, it's it's looking good. Um, yeah. so, for yeah. more than five minutes, that'd be that'd make a change. No, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm impressed by those those names coming back. They'll make a massive difference. They will. Yeah, that's that's uh, interesting. Have any of them played any rugby? Is, like, is McMenamin coming back cold? Has he played anything over there? Uh, they've had a couple of like uh, hitouts uh, here in Perth with the Perth Gold, which is just sort of yeah, some right. of the club. Club players, they've had a couple of inter-club, uh, inter- inter-club matches or whatever you call it. Um, they, I don't, I don't think a lot of them have been playing club rugby. Um, yep. But uh, oh, and I also forgot uh, Chris Alcock as well. He's back as well. So, oh, really? The backup, yeah, it, they're all coming, it, it, and it's great. So. Good news. Exciting. So, what's your read, Gags? I mean, obviously we're without teams, but uh, do you reckon there's a good, that's a positive news for the Force? Yeah, yeah. I will, in this match, I'll definitely be tipping the Force there. That'll be. Uh, be great. Is it at home, is it Gaff? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At the uh, field. Yep. yeah pulling the the uh, the Blues over. Um, yeah. You should have that one. So and then, like you say, that's not a bad run in. So uh, looking good. Oh, that's great. Well, I'll, I'll back the Force too. So um, it, yeah, it's great to be back in the Super Rugby. I know as a Reds fan, I am looking forward to watching the Reds. But it's uh, it's great that we've got a number of teams still in contention. And, and once again, how this season works out, it is coming down to the wire. Um, in terms of who is uh, who will make the finals, the, the top three, and then obviously the top six expanded. Um, and that's pretty much it. I do want to make mention, guys, and I'll try and be a little bit delicate here. You'll notice that tonight that we, we don't have a special guest. And throughout this season, we've worked very closely with most of our Super Rugby provinces. Uh, the media guys there have been great and very helpful uh, at the Reds. That you know, we've had I think Simmons and Hanson and the Force have given us Matt Hodgson and and the Rebels Max Slave and uh, I can't remember if we had two from the Rebels, but we had a couple from the Brumbies. The the, the long lost Pat McCabe episode and also. Um, who else do we have from the... Oh, Benny Alexander. So mm. the, the, all the provinces have been fantastic. The ARU have been great in supporting us and access to uh, Sevens coaches, and they, they lined up Matty Tamua for us last week, but we just couldn't quite get the timing right. The one obvious gap here uh, is the Waratahs, and we've been... They're doing so well on the ladder, and we've been keen to speak to any of their players, and we've been in contact with their media guys, but with no luck. There's no follow-through. There's no opportunity for us to to speak to their players. And we're trying to follow the, 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 the correct procedure and th- go through the club. Um, but we're getting no love. And, mate, I can remember, guys, I can remember back to that glorious 2011 season uh, when the Reds won the championship and how much of an effort Ewan as coach made to be engaged himself but to ensure his fans were engaged with the fans and so on. Sorry, his players were engaged with the fans and they tweeted and they hung around, they spoke, and there's never an opportunity too little for them to miss if it meant connecting with their fans. And I know you and back then, and Matt, you'll back this up, mm. was a great supporter of Green and Gold Rugby. And, and whatever it could do, it led to me having a training session with the Reds when I was, was just a, a blogger here. And all sorts of opportunities he provided us. And um, 
it's just frustrating that we can't get that via the Waratahs at the moment. I mean, we do have media accreditation with them, so we get some lads along to the games and sit in the media box, which is great. But, you know, we'd love to get one or two of their players, particularly over the next three to five weeks, onto the podcast to uh, have a chat to us and, and, and talk about what's going on at the Waratahs and the success they're having. Mm. Um, so well, I'll, I'll try some special channels, Reg. I know that um, there's been some changes in the media staff there. Oh, I, really? I think there might be some... Yeah, there's some people in there maybe with some uh, more old-fashioned attitudes towards yeah. established and new media, shall we say. But, um, yeah, maybe we can um, have a push in different directions and see if we can make something happen because, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we did have check on, didn't we? When did we have check? Was it uh, what, that last it be, season? Mate? Must have been last year, yeah. Yeah, last season, okay. okay. Do you reckon he's threatened by me? Is that it? I'm happy to step down for an episode. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a pretty timid guy. <laughs> um, but let's put it out there, guys. Feel free to tweet uh, New South Wales Waratahs or whatever their Twitter is and say that you would love to hear one of their players on Green and Gold Rugby. Because, not not uh, the Waratahs. You, you, you might not get the right No, not the Waratahs. That's, yeah, that's, that's not going to put a lot of pressure on. <laughs> get the right ones, guys. Um, um, one other thing, mate, is yep. that a story has come to me uh, through channels that I, I can't reveal. Uh, but that uh, but at the moment what happens is if you're a professional in one of the professional rugby teams, and, uh, and actually, not just in rugby, but in AFL and NRL, and you have an accident on the field, and you go for a scan, say, um, that scan uh, gets at least partly paid by Medicare. Um, but there's been a ruling that's come down at, at a federal level through the Department of Health, uh, which is to say that that will no longer happen. So that all professional teams must pay all the costs of any uh, health treatment, of any emergency health treatment through scans or whatever. Um, that happens. And I've actually seen the, the email that's kind of the edict that says this, and they're backdating it, um, I think, to May. Um, really? Yep. So they're backdating it. So you, that, you know, whatever you've got in the system, that's going to get yanked. Um, and you can imagine the sort of impact that's going to have. Now, um, you know, AFL and NRL, I'm kind of thinking most of those guys, that'll be water off a duck's back. But, you know, we've got a bunch of super rugby teams that are, um, you know... Well, God, imagine uh, that you know, poor... That poor Brumbies outfit at the moment. Oh, yeah. they're, they're already, and maybe that's the reason why Rod Davies and Aidan Tour have been cut by the Reds. They just can't afford their medical bills anymore. Yeah, that might be it. But yeah, so it's pretty big news actually. It um, is. Hasn't broken anywhere else. We've got a, um, got, we've got a kind of a post lined up to probably go in the next day or two. Um, but yeah, I've got, you know, I've, in my hands, I've got a copy of the letter explaining it. Um, and right. and then uh, an email confirming it from the Australian Medical Association saying, yep, that's what they've done, as crazy as it may, may seem. But, uh, yeah, so these cost-cutting measures are going, you know, all through the place. But, yeah, that's going to make a massive dent on a bunch of budgets uh, with, with, with super rugby clubs that are really struggling as it is. I mean, I don't know how far down that goes, actually. Um, I think it might be just professional. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's a legitimate question in terms of what happens at grassroots sport. But um, it, it'll make big enough an impact at uh, that professional level anyway. And even things like the NRC, you know, they're bringing more more professional players into the into the um, into the system, um, which is just going to add costs on. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, keep an eye out for that one. But um, and yeah, if it blows up, you've heard it here first. Yes. Always on the ball, Gaga. Well done. Uh, well, that should pretty much wrap us up for the night, guys. Uh, thanks for your time, Matt and Gaffer. And uh, we're straight back into Super Rugby, back into our own individual provinces. I'm back wearing my red shirt tonight. No more Wallaby. One team. We'll wait for that for another couple of months to that. But thanks for your time tonight. Enjoy the rugby this weekend, Matt. Go the Waratahs. Yes, mate. And Gaff, all, let's go for the force, the sea of blue, hey? Yeah, up the force. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, lads. We'll speak to you all next week. See you, guys. See ya. Seven left. Seven left.